Well, greetings. This is Brother to Brother. I'm Jonathan. And I'm Rod. Welcome to this week's podcast. This week we thought we'd talk a little bit about activities in the church and the part that leaders and and how to, not just leaders, but pastors, deacons, elders, uh, all of us as, as leaders, what part we can play, why we have activities. I think it's appropriate because we're coming up to the family weekends that are being planned right now in different places across the United States, including here in Charlotte. So, um, I'd just like to begin with uh, this question, Rod, for my brother. Um, from a headquarters perspective, from church administration perspective, can you talk about why we put the emphasis on, on the activities like this? Because we like to give everyone a lot to do and to keep <laughs> everyone busy. Okay. Well, that's, that's, that's an honest answer, I guess. <laughs> No, is it, there, it might is there seem an, that way sometimes. Is there another reason? <laughs> is there another benefit? You know, it, it's it's easy to do things just because we do them and we, because we've always done them and because they're expected, and that is the wrong reason. Um, but there there is a purpose for them. There is a there is a purpose to to grow as a body to give leadership training opportunities for those who are planning uh, to to uh, support the goals and values of the church in general, um, there there has to be a purpose. And if there isn't a purpose, then then there's something wrong. I always think it's a good question to ask uh, when you when you're organizing an activity, why are we doing this? And uh, I've always felt like if we can't come up with an idea, with a good explanation of why we're doing it, which means we've thought thought through, you know, look, are people going to be able to be there? In other words, if it's too expensive or um, people are, uh, it's something that people, well, I, I mean, I think of the example of when, uh, years ago when I first went to the Northeast and um, with a couple of the New Jersey congregations, I was... Uh, I was pastor and I was talking with some of the leaders about organizing an activity. And I said, you know, we ought to have a, a sports night after Sabbath services on, on a Saturday night. I've always, when I was growing up, I've always really enjoyed those. We had great sports night. We played basketball and volleyball. And, and the guys started looking at me a little bit funny. And I said, what, what's wrong? You don't like that? And they said, what are we going to do? Play wheelchair basketball? Have you looked around? We don't have a lot of kids here. These are these are older folks. I don't know that this is going to be real, really well attended. And it dawned on me that you know if people aren't there, then you're not going to fulfill the goals of, of of an activity. So as a leader, you really have to be thinking beyond just you know what I like to do to play basketball or volleyball. Right, right. Well, and you know, I, I've we've talked about this before. And I think you've this you've given this example how it's not our job to be the cruise ship director. You know that yeah. that is not our just to entertain everyone or entertain ourselves. You know the the activities that we happen to like the most, and there has to be a higher purpose. I I, uh, I got that from the pastor that was my my trainer, Mister Comino. He. He would say that sometimes when people would want to have all kinds of activities and say, look, I'm not a cruise ship director here. But but I, I learned that he was thinking, okay, how is this going to benefit? Um, is it going to promote fellowship? You know, is it going to be something where, where, we, where we learn? And that's why even our family weekends or men's training camps or L4Ts, 
um, youth camps, all these things, they're, they're learning environments, which, which is really important because as a church, we're, we're about learning and, and right. that can be done through activities. I, I know sometimes they're mostly fun. I understand that, but, but we should be thinking about what people are learning, even by example. It's a way to learn from watching other people's example about how to be a father or a mother. So there is a learning component and, and certainly uh, worshiping God when we have services or Bible studies or whatever, that, that's a, that's an important part of it as well. Yeah. But, um, and yeah. there is something to, to be said for, uh, let's say, um, outside of church services, uh, things that we do together that build memories together. You know, we, we're wanting to strengthen bonds. We're wanting to grow as a group. We're wanting to know each other better. And so activities are not just sort of a, uh, let's throw things at people to keep them busy. Uh, they really can provide a, a wonderful opportunity for people to, to have memories together that are, that strengthen them, strengthen the bonds, uh, actually support the goals of the organization overall. And when they do that, they're, they're powerful and they're helpful. One thing I wanted to add in, in thinking about this is that, is that activities are about layering and, and, so what I mean by that is um, that when we organize activities, um, we don't just because uh, uh, we, we don't we don't uh, have an activity and then say, well, um, you know, n- next year we say, well, we had an activity last year, so we don't need anything this year. I guess my point is, is that whether it's uh, let's say family weekends or whether it may, I don't know, it could be a bowling activity, but you know. Um, it's actually healthy and helpful to act, to have activities on a regular basis because they layer uh, fellowship and education of these things. So, for example, this is why we do have family weekends in many areas where we can have them every year. You can't say, well, we had, we had one last year, so we don't need to do it now. Well, does God do that with the Feast of Tabernacles, for example? No, we do it every year because right. It, it, right. it layers, it reinforces. So it's worth having scheduling activities that are uh, helpful and beneficial on a regular basis in one form or another because it reinforces and reinforces and reinforces and and that that's good that's beneficial right. you know it makes me think of uh, a quote that mr weston has ha- has relayed a number of times e- even recently about mr greer that years uh, back at camp and he would mention that what we're doing now at camp is is really looking long term, and what we're teaching is going to show up in the the campers' lives down the road. And so, for the same by the same reason, you don't just have camp one year and then you're done. Uh, you have it every year for a reason for giving the campers an opportunity to come and learn, and hopefully learn the same lessons, the the values, and the and the experiences support the things they learned last year. And every year they come back, hopefully they see it a little bit more about the purpose of it. And eventually, uh, so it really is looking long-term, isn't it? And mm-hmm. and that's the same goal and, and thinking for activities. This is why actually 
creating activities is part of a pastor's responsibility in, in terms of caring for the flock, having activities that will bring people together. And um, I think that's why it's important for those even within a congregation leaders who are, who are assisting and helping a pastor can be really helpful in, um, in facilitating that, in supporting and helping to carry some of the load of some of that administration, organization, logistics, and all that. Um, it can be a useful role for leaders within the congregation to help carry that load. It's a tremendous way to uh, to serve. It's a tremendous way to show a pastor that you want to help, you want to serve. And uh, by getting involved um, in, in, you know, volunteering to help with a activity, frankly, even just showing up. It's, it's amazing how, uh, you know, sometimes you learn a lot about people by the fact that, uh, Every time we have a function, uh, it may not be their favorite activity. It may not be the thing that there is just their passion, but they recognize that there's value in going and being supportive and being a part of it and being in the group and, 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 and lending their, um, their part of the, the body. And they, uh, you know, inevitably as a pastor, you start to see that's the type of person that that could I could lean on to uh, to have a greater role in planning. I'm going to throw something else out based on just building on what you said, and and that is that, um, you know, a real solid leader will will help with organizing things um, because they're thinking of helping the pastor and 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 all that, but they will also support when the pastor delegates the leadership of a particular activity to somebody else. Absolutely. I, I, I just, I really appreciate it when um, you have somebody that not only is, is there and engaged and excited when it's their activity, their responsibility, but when it's somebody else's, they'll be there. They'll be supportive. How can I help? And if they're not helping, they're there. Right. Whereas I've seen other situations where, um, you know, persons, if it's not the thing that they're interested in, involved in, and leading, they don't show up. And th- to yeah. me, that tells me a lot about where their heart is. Yeah. And, and it's a bit selfish, frankly. But um, anyway, that's something that I think is really important. Of course, I think that we have, I mean, I have, I have to think about myself. If it's something that I'm not a, a fan of necessarily, some type of an activity, Okay, I it doesn't matter. You go, you show up, you 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 be there, you be present and 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 supportive because um that means a lot to those who are putting the work into uh you know into the activity and and frankly right. even you benefit because you, you still you 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 fellowship and I you know I still benefit that way even if it's not my favorite thing to do. Right. That's that's I've often thought, you know, we don't we don't just go like you say. We don't just go to the activities that that is our passion, is our favorite thing. But there's a bigger picture. There, There's a, you know, we're going to need uh, the relationships that we have in the church uh, as times get tougher. We're, we're going to need those relationships and the br- bridges that we have built. And frankly, if we're only showing up at church and maybe only showing up right before services and leaving right after services, how much are we really getting to know our brethren and our, how much are we interested in uh, their lives and understanding what makes them tick in that way? I guess we should maybe define um, activities, too, just a little bit. 
uh, we have within the church, obviously we have our, our Sabbath services and our Holy Day services. We have our, our Feast of Tabernacles in particular that's a, a bigger activity that we're involved in. And and by the way, um, I, I just feel it's important that those who are uh, within any given area, I think it's important that they spend a year or two serving in their local area and then maybe travel outside their local area and, and transfer to somebody somewhere else. And that's fine. But I, I just think there's an obligation that uh, we everybody has to support their, their local feast site, the one that's assigned to them um, during, you know, uh, even if it's a, a couple of years there and, and a year transferring. This is what I've always encouraged those who I've worked with over the years. Say, look, please help us out here locally. Let's host this feast for those who are coming from other places. And uh, and then after a couple of three years, hey, go somewhere else, transfer. Um, you don't want to get burned out. You want to have op- other opportunities. But um, that's a way. And I, I've gone off on a bit of a tangent and talking about the feast. But um, but I, I think that's that's it. That's really important. And it's also a leadership opportunity for local folks to be able to help fill the ranks of of uh, of, of the support team locally. Yeah. Um, yeah. Absolutely. I, I think that's something that we. Even in talking to the coordinators uh, here, uh, we've just finished the feast recently, and you know I, I agree that uh, it's it's uh, we have a lot of brethren who do stay local and stay back, uh, but there are times when a coordinator is a bit strapped for manpower, mm-hmm. um, and and we can probably develop more of a culture of of thinking that about that way in the church and supporting the the host. Uh, Feast site, not every year. There are times to to go transfer, but uh, that that is a powerful way to to help and and get to know each other better and host in our local area. Do Do you realize that half of the people who are listening to this podcast have now just turned us off? We have <laughs> we have deeply we have probably offended about half our audience. So they, at this point, well, hear, at least they listen to half of it. You hear it. I hear these clicking noises all over. We've offended a lot of people. Oh well, what can we say? Uh, but I should add to that. And we, as far as activities, we we have camps. As I said, we have we have the men's training camps that again are are for men to be able to spend a couple of days together. And uh, I think our are helpful. I really enjoy being part of them and the ones that I, that I'm able to. We're 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 doing the L4T for the young adults, which stands for Living for Tomorrow. Living for Tomorrow. Living for Tomorrow. That's right. And, and that's it's such a great opportunity for young adults to get together and and build bonds and it's a there's a lot of educational components of it, but mm-hmm. they just have a a great time being together. We, and and we have uh, we miss anything in terms of uh organized the family weekends. Family weekends, yeah. Family weekends. Yeah. And and one of the things that we've that Mr. Weston has encouraged us to do is to try to spread out the family weekends mm-hmm. more and not just have a uh, a big Charlotte weekend and a big Kansas City weekend. What what was happening for a while is that it was they the they were such a big magnet. They were pulling people from all over the country. And it really sort of uh, meant that a lot of people who didn't have the means to travel uh, were were not able to participate. So the idea is hopefully we have more smaller family weekends that are more localized. And this year we will be having about about four on the in the last weekend of December, and another one about a, a month later. 
So um, that that's really the direction we we're going. And that's kind of exciting because more people can participate. And we're talking about broad, you know, broadly now, but <clears throat> but then in terms of activities, um, uh, local activities that are not even you know necessarily part of uh, of the, the the broader picture. Um, activities from picnics to bowling to uh, potlucks to you know these are all activities that that are, and then spokesman club too as well. When we can't have spokesman club, that's an activity that's right. really helpful to be involved in. Even for men that have finished it, just to be part of it again, the same principle, the same reason we've been talking about. Right. Really speak to someone who's even been through the spokesman club to uh, come back and and give speeches or be a guest and be there for those who are going through the program mm-hmm. but that's important and then even informal activity where we're actually getting together to help you know Mrs. McGillicuddy um clean her house or whatever it might be right i wonder if we have a Mrs. McGillicuddy out probably there probably do she turned us off as well uh oh we're Sorry, I that name is probably copyrighted, and now we have we have to we're going to be sued. <laughs> That's not good. But uh, it, you know, really, activity means really when pe- people are gathering together, right? Um, right. So it's pretty right. pretty broad, right? And seeing the vision of that, no matter when it is, you know, like you say, maybe helping someone move or or cleaning someone's yard, and and I think I think a lot of uh, members a lot of uh, brethren see it this way that yeah. you know they wind up fellowshipping they wind up having a great time together yeah. because they see the the big picture and the more the more we can do that the more we're going to grow together as uh, as brothers and sisters so there's a there's a real part to play in terms of leadership in let's say church activities uh, i mean leadership is is exercised it is um, it is learned, you know. Um, it is part of the need to, frankly, even put activities on. You need leadership, mm-hmm. so it's it's really it's a it is uh, it's tied very tightly to uh, to to activities that we have within the church. Um, it's not as if it's a separate thing. You learn leadership right. over here, right? And then you have activities over here that are just a uh, fun and game. It, it, it's part and parcel, right? Right. It really is part of the fabric of of the of the church of what we do and 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 an important part of uh, growing together as a body. Well, I I thank you for your time in uh in discussing this and boy, I, I hope we haven't offended Mrs. McGillicuddy. Really, I truly do. We'll send her a special note <laughs> and a card. <laughs> and thank you for listening. This is Jonathan McNair and Rod McNair. And this has been Brother to Brother. Have a great week. Bye-bye.